Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Chakras and Cuss Words podcast. I'm Catherine, the host, and today we have a special podcast. I have two guests on. I have Gary Jordan and Linda Ross Vega, and they are going to be talking about their new book of basically creating a perception and unlocking your perception. So this is kind of interesting and very like new where I haven't really dived into this concept of a full unlockment of your perception. Like that kind of sounds like really deep. <laughs> so, um, so welcome, welcome. Um, please introduce yourselves and let the listeners know about you guys. Well, thanks for having us on, Catherine. Um, so my name is Linda Ross Vega, and Linda Ross is my first name. Um, uh, Gary and I have a company called Vega Behavioral Consulting. Um, we've been working together for, um, and um, what we do is uh, coach, uh, for, for the company, we do coaching, and uh, the basis of our coaching is a style theory, uh, perceptual style theory, which the book is about. Um, so we do mentoring, career guidance. Um, we actually teach people to use perceptual style theory in their own businesses. So we've had a lot of fun over the years. That's awesome. Gary, um, introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about you. You bet. Um, my claim to fame is that I'm a clinical psychologist um, and uh, started off in private practice and um, uh, got tired of, I asked the question, why is every, I'm sick and tired of dealing with all these depressed people. And my joke, my joke, my joke is I went into consulting in corporations and discovered why everybody was depressed. They didn't like what they were doing. Yeah. So that um, my whole focus uh, in my career has been how do you figure out what it is that you do well and figure out a way to do more of that in your life and discover the things that are not natural to who you are and do less of that in your life. And um, that's, so that's, that's, that's the, the approach that I have taken. And that's what the hooked Linda Ross and I up together was the, the two of those things coming together in a kind of a unique sort of way. Me out of the professional world, um, being disillusioned with the private practice uh, um, model and uh, meeting Linda Ross in the corporate world and discovering someone who we kind of like I lean towards business and she towards lean towards psychology and the two of us hooked up together. It did. Yeah. So you guys both had this like collaboration. Yeah, we had a that I was actually, really my good. career was in like, corporate you America kind of had your own... to um, yeah. technology development role. and installation of technology specifically in the banking industry and um, over the years I began to specialize in in coming in and helping projects that were off track that mm -hmm. were in trouble and so I uh, happened to um, work on a particular project that was really large it was honestly the largest I'd ever done or probably there were over a thousand people on the project alone. Um, so, uh, and it was, you know, it's, it's a hotbed when you've got that many human beings and, you know, things aren't getting done. There's, there's lots, to, lots to go around. So I actually was introduced to Gary and hired him to um, come in and be the, be the support 
the emotional and behavioral support for the team. I was fascinated with style theories. How do you find out, how do you learn what people do best and then match them to those tasks? Because mm -hmm. if you match people with the gifts that they're bringing, you know, then what happens is, is things just very, mm -hmm. I would say, with little guidance, get back on track because mm -hmm. people are doing what they enjoy. Quality improves, timeliness improves. So I had kind of, you know, touched on many different kinds of uh, tools to help with that, and I hired Gary, and he came in, and uh, we set him up on an office in an office off the other side of campus, so nobody went in and knew who was talking to him. And then he and I would get together every couple of weeks, and he'd give me trends of what he was seeing about what the stress factors seemed to be on the project, etc. From that, we bonded, and then learned that he had started working on a style theory as part of his uh, PhD dissertation. So we started working on that together, and we both left. Uh, see, I left corporate America in '94, uh, and we formed the company then. And so it's mm -hmm. yeah, there we are, and here we are. Yeah. And I know we're here to talk about the perception of, um, un, you know, unlocking your perce perception. I know we're here to talk about the book, yeah. but can we talk a little bit about the company? Because like the two of you guys forming a company together is a big, is a big collaboration and a big style of unity. Like how did these two individuals decide yeah. to like go into yeah. something, you know, and basically, because it sounds like you guys have been in business together for a while. We have, yeah. I think that the, 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 what, what happened was that while I was doing the emotional support for this huge project with Linda Ross, um, and we, we got to know each other, and she, we, I discovered that you know, sometimes it's a hard sell with uh, corporate management to understand that if, to, to match people to what they do well. And Linda Ross was very, very receptive to it. And I thought, well, here's a, you know, we and I, and I can't tell you the, the step by step, but we bonded immediately around that. And she said, "Hey, can you use this theory to figure out who needs to be where?" And that's a simplistic way of saying it. And I said, "Boy, yeah, let's try that." And what we discovered was that it worked. So that when we knew what people were supposed to be doing and we knew what their perceptual style was, um, in very broad strokes, we could begin to talk about where they would thrive and where they would, would help the project move forward rather than to, to block the project. And that was the basis of, our, of, the, of the company that we put together and when she left, along the way, uh, when we both left the, that, uh, that, that one particular organization. And in that time, um, our families got together. Um, I, yeah. I really enjoyed Gary's family, vice versa. Uh, my husband and Gary hit it off really well. Um, so when we were looking for what should we do next, it was sort of a natural to form the company together. We had the support of our families. Everybody was interested in what we were doing. It sounded like it was possible. Um, and so I think it was the combination of a shared interest and great friendship that actually was the foundation for the putting the company together and, um, and our families. I mean, we've, we've had Thanksgiving together <laughs> every year for 30-some years. I mean, it's been, you know, so... Yeah. Right, right. So definitely, 
a friendship, a business partnership, and an alliance. Do you guys, I, I don't know if you guys are into astrology, Does do you guys know your zodiac and signs just out of curiosity? <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm Sagittarius. Okay. Linda Ross, do you know yours? Huh? Oh, okay, nice, 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 nice. Water and fire, okay, I love that. So, um, so after the business started like getting kind of like going and you became aligned in your work, what was it because like you saw a lot of people right. like, struggling and like just the everyday kind of mental state of being in like corporations or on this hamster wheel of, you know, I guess people label it, you know, the matrix, <laughs> you know, having to clock in and working for man, you know, it's like, how, how did you guys, um, like find the area where you can see what it is that other people should be in? Because I think sometimes a lot of us, like, um, we're in our work area or we're in our job. And maybe at the time that we got into that job, it just felt so right. And it felt like, that was well, our I think what we base <laughs> for being there, and then maybe somehow with corporations or the corporate, it's turned say, we into start something with that it isn't. So because how, that's how the do common you guys thing we found for most people is that, they is that people tend to be unaware of well, what they're naturally good the, 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 Then the reason they are is they assume that everybody is too, so they don't think it's any, anything special, right? And if you go through, when you get to adulthood, you've had all sorts of feedback about what you don't do well and what you should learn to do better. Um, it's the way our report card systems work in schools. It's, you know, the way we go through high school and college. It's what uh, employee valuations do. They tell you what you're not doing well um, and tend to not spend a lot of focus on what you do really well. So we find that most people are unaware of what they are naturally talented at doing, okay? And, and that's the place to start. Um, and then I think, um, mm -hmm. Gary, it would be really cool to talk a little bit about where we think those strengths come from. Mm Um, I got interested in styles theory. There's a lot of them out there, and there's a long history to styles theory. It goes, actually goes all the way back to Plato, if you want to get you know, uh, uh, specific and technical about the whole process. But So I studied those throughout my uh, you know, graduate career and was struck by the, that it always seemed like there was something missing for me. And it wasn't that the, what they were describing wasn't accurate. It was that it, wasn't, it, it missed some pieces for, for the, the way that I saw things. And um, I started seeing groupings and clusters of traits that I thought went together. And uh, so my dissertation was a uh, kind of a proof of the idea that, that what I saw, I saw six different groupings. And I did a, you know, a, a, an initial, initial proof that these six groupings did you know, work together and were different from each other. 
Initially, we saw that the, the differences were caused, or thought these differences were caused through by cognition, the way people thought and uh, their intellect. But together, you know, we kept things, we, we honed and honed, and we finally came down to what we really believe is going on is it's perception. It's what, it's how you take in the inf in data, how you take in data through your five senses and then make meaning out of that data through your perceptual processes in your brain, which is not actually cognition, it's below that level. So that, um, and what we, what, we, what we state is that there is a filter. Our perception is a filter and that there are six different filters that people have, or I should say that differently. So there are six different filters and each, everybody has one. And so that, sure. that they filter so, information um, in and perceive it uh, according to the so way that their uh, their filter and works. And, and those filters group into six natural. I'm repeating myself here. Those vision. filters group into six and groups, six different of ways of or styles that we call very them. Unique Can I ask what are the six styles on how they see the world and how they make meaning in there? And it's interesting. Your natural strengths are very much aligned with how you see the world. Because think of it, you see things, uh, the things that you see and the meaning that you make, the skills that, that go with that are going to be easier for you because you see them. You know, it's part of who you are. It's part of how you make meaning. And so by understanding how your perception works, you can unlock how the natural skills that you have. And people, there are so many skills that go with each style that it'll take you a lifetime to do them all. So it's not like we have limits or anything. It's that there's so much to explore. And usually, back to your question about how we get into jobs and then we find we don't like them, is that usually it's because we've been trying to acquire skills that are different than our natural set and maybe trying to do those mimicking someone who's got a totally different perceptual style than we do. It's why one size fits all never works. You know, a, a book works really well for one person, and then you read it and you go, eh? I, you know, it does nothing for me. And it's, it's basically related to how we're making meaning and, and that style thing. So um, I got myself all excited and forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> Each individual has their own area of like perception of maybe even the same things. Like I could tell Gary something and he has a different perception of the way that I maybe see it like that. Um, I think that's really cool, especially like helping people understand that, especially like in the workforce, because I feel like, cause I'm, I'm a, I'm a nurse and I've been nursing for a long time and I feel like there's so many like nurses leaving the profession and mm -hmm. you know, and it could be for multiple reasons. And I still like think it's like one of my favorite um, professions, you know, when I hear stuff that people do, I, I still think like nursing is like one of the best professions, but 
I, I see like why people want to leave. I just don't understand how, you know, like the whole perception of how could you give up something that you worked so hard for, you know? So yeah. I guess it's just the perception of different um, events and views. Yeah. So, yeah. I was gonna say nursing is an interesting, um, uh, a great uh, profession to talk about how, the, how what we talk, how, how our, our theory works because there's very, there's lots of different types of nurses. There's, yeah. It's all one profession, but you know, you know, an OR nurse, scrub nurse has a very different task than someone who's a ward nurse or a, you know, a floor nurse, very different than an ER nurse, very different than a nurse in a, in a, in an office. And we would say that it's, that the, that the skills that require for an OR nurse are different than the ones that are required for an, an office nurse or a, a, a um, uh, a ward nurse, and so that, uh, and we would account for that because there's different perceptions. It's, it's different ways of seeing things, and re those different roles require different sets of skills and the ability to respond in different in different manners and different ways. Mm -hmm. Same thing would be true about different types of attorneys, different types of uh, physicians, right. different types of managers. definitely because I've, I've done a little bit of everything and then I've done um, ER uh, nursing for about seven yeah and about seven eight oh eight, sure nine years and then um, and then I just switched out of there <laughs> and went to a different department but that's the, that's what I mean like the profession has so many areas that you can go from you know yeah. that it allows you to move in different directions which to me i think is amazing but some yeah. people just i don't know they just put it with nursing as a whole yes, like they're it not is. gonna be able to get out of this you, department you know, you or think, you know with, whatever. A, with a theory and but, um, you know a whole business I want to built talk around about the theory the that we would have written the book like ages ago perception but what like made you guys world, decide to um, we suddenly a had a lot of time on our hands when the pandemic hit really come up and is this so your guys' first book being on the road together and doing or things, we were meeting via zoom <laughs> every week and we said you know now's the time to write the darn book and whenever we would give seminars or classes people would say do you have a book and we go oh yeah we, you know, we'll get to it we'll get to it so we finally got to it um, and enjoyed having the actually it was a fun process to pull all of the work over the years and synthesize it into what we hope is a very coherent and, and uh, easily read book tell us a little bit about the book like what is the I know it's unlocking the power of your perception and to claim your um, to claim that area but what is that exactly like what is unlocking the perception well we that's really I mean the, the, the book really the book really describes 
what we do as a company. We, so unlocking the power of your perception means helping you to discover what your perceptual style is, mm-hmm. discovering what the natural skills that go with your particular perceptual style are, and then helping you begin to, the claiming part is beginning to, how do you begin to, uh, to, to use those in a more intentional and meaningful way? Linda Ross mentioned you know, earlier that oftentimes what we discover is people aren't aware of what their natural skills are, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but one of the biggest is that because they're so easy for us, we don't think that they're, they're, they're valuable, and Linda Ross mentioned this earlier. And so we, we, we look at other people and other perceptual styles and try to learn how to do what doesn't come to us naturally. And that's, that gets rewarded very highly in our society. You know, we had, I had to work real hard to get this. But what we're saying is that there are, there's a whole broad range and a very large set of skills that you are naturally, have, you have the natural potential so for. And we want you to help you discover what those are and to begin to use them in your life. Because it's when you're doing that, that, uh, that you begin to feel uh, the natural, um, what, what do I want to say, satisfaction that comes from doing what, what you do best. Do you think like, um, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you think now that maybe people have so many like different perceptions of different things that it's like, um, cause I feel like a lot of people now, and I don't know if it's like related to the advancements of like technology and, um, and social media and all this networking that's so easily like at our fingertips. I think Do that you it think that plays that a now, part. Um, it does play a part just because over, there's a there's a like, piece of us being with other people's uh, perceptions as, uh, and other people's bias. Okay, views so that it makes them we like tend hard to, to actually pay, uh, give acknowledge or filter out what and pay their more attention to things that are negative than things that are positive. And that's true about ourselves. I mean, this, this is something that happens to all human beings. It's, it's part of our brains. It's part of our evolution. I mean, think back in the early you know, centuries ago, being aware of what was negative, your life depended on it, right? <laughs> so rather, you know, to eat or be eaten. Um, but today it's evolved more that we, we, can, we feel a slight or we feel a reprimand or a criticism more critically than we do taking it, you know, putting it in perspective of what we do well. So if we have a natural tendency to do that, and then you're bombarded by social media or media in general, or just, you know, negative news gets the most play because it follows into that, it's easy to fall into a slump where you go, this person is doing this and this and I'm not. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I need to go fix this, 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 or this, right? And so what we think is mm-hmm. with perceptual style and learning how you perceive and learning to value your own strengths, it actually shields you somewhat from succumbing to that negativity right. bias because you understand, you, you know, when we say you stand in your strengths, you're confident in how you feel about it and what it means 
and it's easier. You don't feel competitive with the other person who sees it differently as much as you go, oh, that's interesting. They see it differently. So while perceptual style in our book is very, very helpful for self-discovery and that, there's real gold in understanding that there are six different ways of seeing something. And so that person that you think is not agreeing with you on purpose may just actually not see it the way you do. And it allows you to bring your communication to a different level to understand what you're each trying to say, even though you're using the same word. So it's got a lot of power in that. And we think it's a, it's a, a, you know, it's a tonic mm -hmm. to help the overwhelm of the world and to help people get re-centered in who they are and that they, they truly are enough and they're, they're more than they even know that they are and then start using their talents intentionally instead of pushing them to the back right. and trying to imitate something else. Like, um, like what, when I talk to people about like their talents or like their creativity, it's, you know, it could look so di like different, right? For each individual that sometimes like people are like, I don't even know what my creativity or like my talents are mm -hmm. that it makes it, you know, hard for them. Absolutely. Well, that's exactly what, you know, what we're focused on is because people do have a difficult time seeing it. And, um, you know, we have a, the, 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 the business that we use helps people to identify what their style is. And then we also have a, a, a methodology to help people figure out, are they using the talents that come with their perceptual style? And to what extent are they, they using the strengths that they were naturally given? And because it is, it is so hard um, it, it's, it's like, you know, this, I don't know how to put an analogy on it. It's so hard to see what you do well because you do it so well and it comes so easily to you. So we're, we're all about helping people to put a name, you know, on the skills, what we call the natural skills uh, that they have. Mm -hmm. It's very exciting. That's, that's what we mean by unlocking the power of your perception is using what comes to you naturally in a powerful and meaningful and impactful way. So most of the time it comes so, like it comes so natural that you don't even really like see it. Yeah, I can tell you a story. When I first, when I first started consulting to um, business organizations, um, I was you know, focused in one, the one where I met Linda Ross. And I knew that if I was gonna make a career out of it, I needed to move into other uh, business organizations as well. And so I was, you know, I'd had a, a, an in because I knew somebody, you know, some people that worked with uh, within the, the organization I was working with. And I was thinking, so what can I go out there and market to other business organizations? Mm -hmm. And one of my very dear close friends said, well, you could market your assessment skills, Gary. And I, I literally said to him, no one's going to buy my assessment skills. I wouldn't buy my assessment skills. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, you wouldn't buy them, Gary, because you don't need to. You do it. That's what you do. 
And I realized it was, it kind of blew me back on my chair and I went, oh, that's something special. Mm-hmm. And that's the experience we have frequently when we work with people is we help point out to them this thing that you do that you don't think is any big deal. That's special. That's what defines you. And it's very important. Um, and we want to help you figure out how do you use that intentionally in your life? Uh, because when you do, life's going to feel a whole lot better. Definitely, I, when people start living in their own light, what comes easy for them, you know, uh-huh. it, it helps. <laughs> you know, it, it, it really helps, you know, if you understand kind of yeah. what feels aligned and what comes easy. It, 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 it does help, like living in that area yep. and creating in that area. So we talk about uh, people having uh, natural skills. I always have to jump out and say, you know, the, there's a, a corollary, which is acquired skills. Mm-hmm. And you know, the acquired skills, you know, I always like to quote that uh, the latest time I've looked it up, which is not frequently, but is 80% of people dislike what they do for a living. They don't enjoy it. They're on that, that you know, that hamster wheel, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it is our belief that they don't like what they're doing because they're, they're, what they're doing is dominated by acquired skills. Acquired skills are things you can learn how to do them, but you, but you pay a huge price to learn how to do them and they wear you out. And so that um, aligning with your natural skills, you know, as we've just been saying, gets you and puts put you in a place where the satisfaction in doing them is greater than the satisfaction that comes from getting them finished, which is what happens with acquired skills. I don't like doing this, but I feel good when I'm done with it. As opposed right. to, I love doing this. Right. So, yeah. and then like, since we're talking about like the, the workforce and like people uh-huh. who are using their skills and stuff, how, how do you think like all this is like going to pan out with like this artificial intelligence that's going oh. on and yeah. chat GPT? Because I feel like a lot of people who are really like centered in like, um, the technical background or that technology area, um, you know, might be feeling like a little nervous. <laughs> like, you know, what's going to happen to because this is my skill set is to right. do these things, and this is maybe something that I'm passionate about or naturally able to do. Where I'll be honest, like I I have no desire to write a book. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, that, like I've written. Books. I've done like little small things, and for me, it was like torturous. I was like, I well, also, like I applaud everybody who has written a book. I will have a podcast. I've been around before, long you know? that I, yeah. I remember the writing. All but for people uh, who maybe and, and are we thought there was a huge change with you know because um, it was going to be different and word processors came about and suddenly we weren't going to need secretarial pools and around. you know so as technology has advanced and and it, it leapfrogs every uh-huh. you know few years and it's closer and closer together now it seems to me that the technology does eliminate some things <laughs> and always creates needs for new things that we don't know about yet. Because part of it is as we adapt that technology, we find that we need some other thing to augment it that we weren't unaware of at the time. So I think um, change is tough. 
Okay. Anybody who tells you change is not tough is, is just pretending. Um, change is a natural part of life. I mean, we change every day. Just time happening is change. But these kinds of things, these types of changes are even more difficult because the clear picture of what's going to be the total effect isn't seen. So there's lots of ambiguity and place for worry, right? Um, and so I would say uh, worry can be constructive when it's helping you to find things you want to uh, put in place in the event of something. But worry can be very destructive when, you know, you're just spinning in a hamster wheel of worry because there's not enough information for you to take any kind of action. So I'd say we're at the precipice. I, I know AI is really, really getting full steam now, but we really are early days for where it's going to be applied and how it's going to be applied. Um, and it's scary because we don't have all the facts yet. So... Um, I think it's going to have a, a significant impact on us. I'm hoping people will feel comfortable about what they do and know that opportunities will, un, unknown, un, yet undefined opportunities are going to pop up because of AI. We just don't know what they are yet. This is also, Catherine, this is also a, 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 um, a great example of, of you know, to, to apply some of the things I was mentioning earlier, which is that, um, and there's a couple of, of, of threads here. The first one is that, um, that this, let's take you know, a tech job. It's the, what, what the skills are, are not necessarily what the person is overtly doing day to day. It's something behind, it's something beneath that. So that, you know, if I am a, you know, a coder, it's, it's the, the, the skill is not the coding, although that is a skill, but the deep skill, the perceptual skill is the ability to understand and analyze a problem and to, to break it down into, into distinct and subsequent parts. Well, the coding job may go away, but my skill at seeing, you know, the, uh, analyzing a, a problem and to seeing how, what kind of steps can be used to solve it doesn't. So how do I now take those skills and apply them in a new way, even though coding may have been taken over by chat GPT or some other AI function, okay? The other way I would say it too is that if you are, if you become, you know, into a certain role because of your acquired skills, well, then this is gonna be rough for you because what if it takes over, if AI takes over something that you've learned to do through your acquired skills, well, you don't have, you don't know what the skills are to take with you to transfer into something new, and that's going to be an issue for people. And they, so they need, you know, they need to be starting to figure out what their natural skills are. Yeah, yeah, and and I think, I mean, like you know, everybody's about Chat GPT and AI and artificial intelligence and stuff like that. And I think a lot of it will possibly you know because it's like oh it's gonna eliminate everybody's job but i think there might be room definitely there's gonna be room where people are going to be able to like open up like you would say 
their unlock their perception of what their natural skills are and what it is that they can create that isn't feeling so mundane and so like just ro you know robotic like let the if if the robots can do the robotic work let them <laughs> and it yes. will give, give us more area to enhance on other of our natural skills sure yeah. it's always been and that's always what's happened when when we've had a, a new technology change um you know everyone seems to think that ai is going to be somehow different maybe it will we can't you know we won't know until, until as we as we move forward through it yeah right yeah definitely and it, it makes me think of um like almost like the spell check you know like the spell the spell check um when you're writing something that uh -huh. spell check you know back before there was spell check i would have to ask my mom like how do you spell this you know have to look it up in the dictionary you know yes. in webster like am i writing this right is this the right meaning you know and and now I have something that I can exactly. just right click and it will show me, no, you're spelling this completely wrong, you know? Yeah. So, um, so I do think that there's going to be, you know, new possibilities where people can actually enhance their, their skills that they never even really thought they had, you know, mm -hmm. possibly. So yeah. that's very interesting. We were having, I was having a conversation with someone the other day. I have grandchildren who are in the third, fourth, and fifth, you know, fifth grade area, and realizing that they're not teaching them how to write in what we call what we call cursive writing anymore. Yeah. And they don't. And we go, oh my God, what are they going to do? You know. Yeah. And we realize that 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 when you look at it, it's a skill that that we we think is necessary, but it's it's they don't it's not necessary or important in their in in the world that they're living in. And I think right. that's part of what, what's also going on is that um, the you know skills that we took that we feel we had to do a certain way get taken over by technology, and we discover oh that's kind of nice. I'll let them. I'll let I can put my brain power or my focus or my energy into something else that I just uh, that will be more beneficial for me long run. Yeah, definitely. Would you say that you and Linda Ross have different perspectives on a lot of things? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We definitely have different perceptual styles. You know, um, you were talking, you were talking to us earlier, uh -huh. um, about our, um, uh, start our sun signs. Well, you know, we, we, and, and why did we get together? Well, we see it more. We got together because of our perceptual styles. And how our perceptual styles yeah, work together because the six so perceptual styles arrange themselves in a theoretical uh, a uh, arrangement circle, and linda ross and i are neighbor styles and so circle. that um the, we find our you know we, we see things just a little bit differently than mirrors. each other but and also you know, similarly they, enough they that we work very well together their best purview linda ross do you want to say more about that um and so in a circle every style has uh another style on either side so they've got two neighbors they've got a style directly across from them so they've got an opposite and then they have two styles that aren't neighbors and aren't opposite so we call those one-off and there's very distinct experiences you have when you're dealing with someone interacting with someone who's a neighbor versus who's an opposite 
uh, versus a one-off. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, opposites attract and opposites repel, right? So usually it's real obvious to you when you're dealing with someone who is an opposite, your, your opposite style, because it's obvious that they're thinking in an opposite way than you are or that they're thinking in a totally different way. And that can be very exciting. It's like um, the, op the style that's opposite mine, uh, those people tend to be mm -hmm. incredibly good at research, incredibly good at research. I really admire that. I don't necessarily have the patience to do it. I mean, I can, but like you said about writing a book, um, it's like I got to sit down, gear myself up to do it, and I do it, and I'm glad when I'm done. And so it's really nice when they do all that research. People with my style tend to be fairly decisive. You know, they make quick decisions, and they, you know, make them all day long, and they change their minds all day long. So that can be very attractive to someone who spends a lot of time doing research before making a decision. So in the beginning, it can be great. You can go like, wow, this is so cool. And then after a while, the person who's opposite me is going to say, could you please just do your research before you decide something? And I'm going to think about that person, could you please just make a decision before two weeks of research is done? <laughs> you know? So the things that we get attracted to start to push, push our buttons. And it's not because the other person is doing anything any differently. It's because they're not doing it our way, right? And we're not doing it their way. So there's, there's different kinds of things. But with neighbors, like Gary and I have um, two different styles, but they're neighbors. Mm -hmm. So we tend, we tend to see some things the same way at a high level. And then if you were going to ask us how we would go about doing it, we would take two different paths in the house. But we have, a, we have an agreement. I mean, we see, we're understanding the same high level. Um, so it makes it, makes it entertaining. Yeah, yeah. So the two different styles, sometimes if they're neighbors, what if they're opposing each other? They like attract more to each other? Like they they have a different alignment or? Well, the, the, the opposite styles, as Liz Ross was saying, they, they will be attracted to each other style. because they do, the, the opposite style does well what I don't do. My opposite does well what I don't do. And that's attractive, but after a while, I don't want to, I don't like doing it. So I get tired of them doing it. And that, so there's a, there's that kind of tension between the two of us. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and of course, you know, it's can. Yeah. Yeah. Can. yeah. Because definitely with, um, you know, like with, I, at jobs or like with relationships, you could definitely see how if somebody has a totally different perspective than yes. you do, it yes. might not be like the best relationship. Like it, 
it would probably totally not work out. And then also I would think, but in some ways it would also help you maybe expand some of your own perspective. perspective. Very good. Very good, Catherine. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. what we, the thing we talk about is the first thing you want to do is to, to understand your own perceptual style and to, to, to claim the strengths that come with it. But that's not enough. That's not the end. The, 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 you know, the next step is to begin to yeah. understand the other five perspectives and realize that they're valid ways of exactly. seeing the world. Exactly. And so that you want to expand your capacity uh, not to see the way they see the world, but to accept and understand that they're have a, they have a different and valid way of seeing the world. Yeah, yeah, to see other people's perspectives. As they're well. not wrong. Right, right. They're just not yours. <laughs> just not <laughs> but, mine. Yeah, exactly. they're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah, just different. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, let me know um, three tips if. Each one of you guys would give me three tips you would tell somebody to understanding their perspective, their perceptional style. Well, tip number one, go read the book. Yes, <laughs> that's a good tip, right? Because, yeah. because the, the book explains the, the theory. It explains, yeah. um, it talks a little bit about each of the six styles. And it talks, it doesn't talk about this necessarily the skills that accompany each of the six styles, but it talks about, you know, the, the how they relate to each other, the kind of okay. concepts of neighbors and opposites. Um, but, you know, to get to, 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 the to enjoy, I guess three tips I would give would be one, talk to other people about what they see that you do well, because you won't recognize it and they often will. That you are really so that, that's tip done. number one. Uh, okay. Let's see. Let Ross, you grab one while I think of another think one. Think of a few. Just you know, literally, just take a piece of paper and put three or four in each column. I really enjoy it while I'm doing it, and I enjoy it when I'm done, or I'm glad when it's done. Mm. Neither uh, those two things can both be very high quality. Don't get me wrong. The things you enjoy being done with, you can do with high quality. It's just that it's not fun. You're not enjoying it. When you can put two or three things in each column, then you can start discerning the difference between something that's fun because it's easy and you enjoy it, mm -hmm. or because you're fascinated by it while you're learning it, or you seem to be learning it and absorbing it faster than whoever you're taking the class with, signs that it might be natural for you. And you've, you've had these other things that you've worked to learn or you know how to do, or you just think, oh dear, yeah, it's this time I need to do that this week. Those are probably acquired skills. Not saying you don't do them well, just mm -hmm. there's something that you had to work at. So maybe doing less of those is a good thing if you can get away with it. Right. Yeah. So tip number three is to notice the people that you think you look at and you see them doing something, you go, boy, I wish I could do that. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And that's a great indicator that you're seeing something that's not a natural skill for you. 
And so you can do two things in that point. One is you can begin to see, okay, that's an acquired skill. So what's the opposite of that? Is that something that, that, that I like and do, enjoy and do, doing? And begin to think maybe that's got some value to it. I love yeah. it. Well, sure. So unlock the power of your perception is available on Amazon. It's an ebook and take the back and hard back. Um, Let everybody know also where can they our, find this our website is com. And if you check out the website, you will see that there's actually a free assessment to get a you know get a taste of what your perceptual style might be. Uh, there's also a um, more complete assessment um, that will tell you about your perceptual style and give you an action guide with hundreds, uh, hundreds of natural skills for your perceptual style. So the book is available on Amazon. And then, um, oh, Gary's uh, showing the, when you take the full perceptual style assessment, you get an action guide called Celebrate You that's full of all sorts of tips and techniques. And Ashley Celebrate You is also available on Amazon. So you can find us there. And it will begin to give you some idea of your actual skills, your natural skills. Celebrate you does so. It's worth uh, it's worth the effort to to get a, a copy of that. Thank you. Definitely. Thank well. Thank you guys so much for being on chakras and cuss words. And everybody, please comment, review, and like this podcast, and make sure to share it with a friend so they can learn about their own perceptional style. And everybody, thank you, and have a great day. Bye. Thanks.